KYW Original Podcasts. It's just a good conversation with somebody that you didn't know you were interested in. I'm Matt Leon, and this is One on One. I threw Phil his last touchdown. Did you really? Yes, I did. I started the last game of the season in Bozier City against the Bozier City Battle Wings. The Dallas Vigilantes against the Bozier City Battle Wings in a shootout. (laughs) And I had no idea what I was doing, and I threw eight touchdowns. I said, man, this game is a blast. (laughs) And our guest this week, Philadelphia Soul quarterback Dan Radabaugh, a two-time Arena Bowl champion and really one of the greatest AFL quarterbacks in recent history. Dan, thanks so much for stopping in. Yeah, hey, man, how's it going, man? Doing well. Appreciate you taking the time. Eighth year in Philadelphia, does that seem possible? You know, uh, it's been a blast. And it's a good thing when it all kind of blends in together. And uh, it's funny you say that. I was listening to something Clay Thompson had said tonight after, you know, they they got their series swept, I guess. And he said, someone asked him, how about these five years? What's different this time? And he said, you know, it feels like one big season. And uh, I can kind of relate to that. And uh, it's been a blessing. Very, uh, very grateful to have done it here. So uh, we're still rocking. Uh, got all of our goals in front of us this year. So we're going to keep pushing. Now you're from Texas. Is... Texas high school football as intense as they say? I'd like to think so. It was <laughs> it was really fun in high school. Like, don't get me wrong, you know, uh, I had a blast. Our high school was a uh, pretty big ball. We were 5A when I was in high school, which was the biggest classification. Now I believe Coppell has gone to 6A. And Coppell Cowboys, they play good ball these days. We were all right when I was there. But uh, they're, they're playing good ball now. And uh, it's a blast. They got a big jumbotron. And, uh, you know, when I'm home during the holidays and stuff, you see the Texas high school football on all the, the regional Fox sports covers it really, really well. And, uh, yeah, it's awesome. Everybody that plays football when they're young dreams of playing pro, taking it as far as they mm-hmm. can. When did it start to kind of crystallize for you that, hey, you know what? I can go beyond high school. I got a chance at college and, and maybe some doors will open. Uh, you know, my story's a little unique. Uh, I didn't play too much in high school until my senior year. That's when I really became the starter. But in Texas, we play spring ball as well. You know, you get a month of practice and then you have a spring game. But it's inner squad. But it's still a big deal. You know, there's a fundraiser. Right. The Capo Cowboys, the red and white game is what it was. It was a good thing. And uh, they can start recruiting, you know, in May in Texas. And they'll come down and see Texas, you know, see all the spring, the spring ball and practices and everything. And I got recruited and was offered some deals, you know, from that. And 7-on-7 was just starting to catch on. You know, I'm in my 30s, you know. 7-on-7 <laughs> blew up. is a huge thing now. And uh, it was really just starting to, to find its way. And uh, I got some offers and saw, went and visited some schools. You know, my dad wasn't an athlete, but he was with me on the journey. And, you know, we, we saw some places. And, you know, I said, hey, you know, teams want me to play some, some college football. So, you know, we, we looked into that. And then, yeah, I mean, the goal, you know, growing up in – in Dallas, I grew up literally five minutes from Valley Ranch where the Cowboys practiced when they were winning all those Super Bowls. So, like, that had been awesome to play for the Cowboys. You know, everyone thinks that. You know, right. Aikman back to pass, stuff like that. And, <laughs> you know, they, it just kind of it fell in my lap. So I played a little high school, uh, went to college, played some every year. Uh, we were okay. Miami has a great program. It's Miami of Ohio, right? Yeah, Miami University. And uh, they've got a great program. I wish we were a little better. Uh, part of that was me being a young player too, but uh, and then arena football. You know, I came home from a little mini camp with the Bengals, and I was working in a moving warehouse. And arena football fell in my lap. My, my one of my bosses, Eric Anderson, great guy. 
uh, was involved with arena football as a player when he was younger, and then as a coach when I, you know, when it happened, and uh, he brought me out to practice one day from the warehouse, and it's been uh, it's been a, a good, fun, long ride so far. Yeah, you you had. He was with the vigilantes. It was the Dallas vigilantes there, right? When he was the ass- yes, he was Eric. the assistant, Eric. Mm-hmm. So you have the that tryout coming from working. Was it a loading company, like a moving company? Yeah, it was uh, Daryl Flood moving and logistics at the time. <laughs> it was a Mayflower subsidiary. I remember it, you know. And uh, I worked for a moving company for a long time, even in the off season. And uh, so I know, you know, arena football is 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 it's fun. You know, it, it's fun to get away from the warehouse and stuff. And I know a lot of guys are able to, you know. It, you have to be able to work a job and, and do things like that right. and make it work. And uh, this arena football is a fun game. It's a fun family that's developed. Uh, I, like I said, it's it fell on my lap, and I wouldn't trade it for the world, man. You had that. You mentioned you had to try out with the Bengals out mm-hmm. of college. So more nervous to try out for the Bengals fresh out of college or for that tryout with the Arena Football League because uh, – hmm. You know, you've kind of you're in the real world now, yeah. And you look at this as well. Maybe I got another off ramp here to keep playing. Yeah, and uh, okay. So coming out of college, I didn't play too much my senior year. We weren't, you know, we started out, we got skunked. I played <laughs> poorly in the first two games, and we had a new coaching staff. And he, he, you know, he made a big switch. Played a lot of freshmen, and it was for the, you know, he he definitely made the right move because the next year they went ten and one and got ranked, and and. Uh, the, my buddy, I lost my job to Zach Dysert, You know, was a good player, played in the NFL a little bit, bounced around a little bit. But uh, so I didn't think, you know, after college, maybe nothing was really going to happen, and I wasn't really training or anything. And then a couple teams had contacted me, like, "Hey, we're going to come to pro day. We kind of want to see you work out." So I did my best to get in a little bit of shape. I actually played in like an all-star game in Ohio. I don't even remember the name of it. It was a North-South Ohio game, mm-hmm. something like that. And uh, I got. I got hit pretty good. Like I, I don't know what I did. Like, but I, I was sore going into this training rookie training camp. The Bengals were like, "Hey, do you want to come?" And I was like, "Wow, uh, yeah, sure." And sure enough, you know, two other teams called too. Cowboys and the Raiders, or I think it was the Raiders. Some two other teams actually called and invited me, and I said, uh, uh, "I'm going to go to the, the Bengals one," because the Cowboys actually had like a local day too, like a pro day. Right, and, right, right, and. I had a pretty good day that day. I thought, I, you know, I wasn't banged up yet, but I thought I spun it pretty good. And they called me back like, hey, you had a good one. Won't come to, to minicamp. But I told the Bengals I was coming. and But I was banged up. You know, I wasn't feeling too hot. Didn't have a great workout. So I wasn't too nervous, to be honest with you, there. You know, I didn't really think. I was like, man, if I can make this team, man, wait till I get good, I might, right. I might play. You know, who knows? <laughs> you got to be confident to play sports at a very right. high level. And, uh but then when the arena football thing happened, like I didn't know too much about it. Like I knew there was a video game. I'd played the video game over the years, and I'd seen it on TV, and I knew that the team had come back, like the Vigilantes. It was kind of a reboot, right? And but I didn't know too much about it. And when he he brought me out there, you know, I didn't know you know the, the motion or the timing or the anticipation and stuff like that. You know, I could just throw football and like to play ball and compete. He brought me out there, and I played off the card the first day, meaning, you know, they hold up the card. This guy runs a in, this guy runs a out, this guy runs a go, and, you know, on the quarterback, you know, throw Make it to it one happen, of these right. guys, right? And the scout, and I didn't know, had no feel for it. And it really is an art to play this game. And when it, it works really well, like, you can – you've watched it. You know, it's beautiful when it works. You know, the receiver hits it, it does his little dip in motion at the perfect depth. Gets the DB to bite or stop his feet, and you hit him in stride with one of those teardrops in the corner. 
you know, the linemen, there's only three of them blocking, so it literally is almost a sack every play, but that's perfect protection too. So, like, it really is. So, and then as a young kid playing off the car, didn't know what I was doing. And I, I sat on the, the bench probably a blessing for six games that year, and then I, I got into it. But I don't think I was too nervous for either one because I don't know if I ever thought either one would really mold into what really has, has happened. So I took it stride by stride, and I tried to take – Today, stride by stride, too, man. You know, you never know. We may not have practice tomorrow the way this league has been the last few years. You know, it really is up and down. Yeah. So you really have to go out there with the mindset like, let's let's get it done. You know, this year really matters every year. So now your head coach in Dallas was Clint Dozell, who's the sole head coach right now. Is that correct? The last, your second year in Dallas? My second year, yeah, in 2011. So 2010, uh, James Fuller was the coach at the time. He was actually the interim coach at that time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, there were some other guys involved. Shane Stafford, who is the AC in Atlantic City right now, okay, was actually quarterback on that Dallas team and had gotten hurt early in the season and was helping out coaching still. And I showed up and I remember Shane helping out. But uh, there were some good names on that team from the leagues over there. Coach Bogle was on that team. Okay. I threw Phil his last touchdown. Did you really? Yes, I did. <laughs> I started the last game of the season in Bozier City against the Bozier City Battle Wings. The Dallas Vigilantes against the Bozier City Battle Wings in a shootout. <laughs> and I had no idea what I was doing, and I threw eight touchdowns. And I said, man, this game is a blast. <laughs> We're in the locker room, you know? And, I mean, if you know anything about arena football, man, it's a it's the all-fun league, too. It's the AFL, all-fun league. And uh, they're not afraid to crack a beer or two in the locker room after the game or something. And, you know, the Dallas team had struggled all year. And they kind of threw me in there, and we won. And they were... You know, it felt like we won the championship, so it was really fun. So, like I said, this has been awesome. So, that's when you connect with Clint, who you've been with since 2011, right? Because you both ended yeah, okay. up here in so Philadelphia. 20, 2010, I'm James Fuller's the coach. Right. And we play that last game. We win. Right. And, and the offseason comes in. Clint actually gets the head coaching job at halftime of the last home game, which is the second to last game. Okay. They announced that he's going to be the head coach. I remember Coach Fuller being like, well, dang. <laughs> <laughs> but rightfully so, you know, Clint Dozell's pretty dang good coach. Yes. Yes. And uh, he calls me in the offseason. He goes, hey, man, I watched that game you played. You played well. I can tell you're young. I like what you got. You know, we're going to bring you into camp. I was like, cool, man. He's like, all right, meet me at the Whataburger by the Bass Pro Shop, and we'll sign your contract. <laughs> and I said, that's five minutes by my house. I'll be there. <laughs> he said, all right, I'm pulling in. I'll see you in a minute. And that's where it got started, man. Did you feel an immediate like you guys were on the the same wavelength, uh, not just as people but football that you guys were seeing things the same way? Uh, I mean, shoot, I didn't know much about arena football at all. You know, I was still so green. But you know, I mean, I knew who he was. I'd seen him in commercials and on billboards, and I knew the Dallas Desperados and stuff. And uh, I thought, hey, man, it's pretty cool. Because, I mean, I knew, you know, I, I did two months in arena football, so I got a little taste of it. Mm-hmm. I learned a little bit about it, but I still didn't know what I was doing. You don't know what you're doing for three or four, five, ten years, for real, to be honest. You know, things, the game's changing now. Right. You know, so I said, hey, cool. But, I mean, I wasn't the guy either right away. Training camp, you know, there was three of us in there. And then within, you know, first ten days probably, one guy got hurt. One guy had an emergency at home. And... Lo and behold, <laughs> I started what 150 straight, something like that, something close. You know, 10, 10 straight years of playoffs, nine nine years with playoffs and stuff. So, you know, no better guy to learn from. 
No, absolutely. And he, he taught from the ground up to, you know, the little flick passes, those little hot routes, the bubble screens, the little stuff that, you know, only we do. That's what he taught first. He said, you can throw the ball. He said, I'll teach you how and when and why. And, you know, once we figured it out a little bit, I mean, it's easy to him. He could still play, I bet. I believe that. I believe it, too. Yeah. His attitude alone will win him games. Yeah. Yeah, no, no question about it. What was the toughest transition to arena from a purely uh, mechanics standpoint? What did you have? To, what was the most difficult thing for you to change up front to get used to the indoor game? Um, it's definitely like the throwing platforms and the base, and you know, because think about it, all these kids—they work on the drops. Well, everyone's plays from the shotgun now too, which I imagine now would be the biggest transition. But for me, I played under center as a kid. We ran power. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we ran play action and counter and bootleg and waggle and stuff like that. And so that was cool. I was cool under center. I was good with three-step drop and stuff like that. But then the throwing off balance on purpose and stuff, like that's kind of different. But at the same time, too, I was a big-time baseball player. I loved baseball. So, man, I was outside with my mitt and my, you know, it didn't matter, tennis ball, rubber ball, baseball. Super Bowl, if you want to, you know, you work really want to work on your grounding skills, you get that ball that you don't know where it's going to mm-hmm. bounce. And so I was out there, you know, working on backhand throwing, jumping in the hole. So I thought, as I fall away from the mic, that's and all stuff, good. <laughs> but uh, I picked it up pretty quick. And that's Clint, Clint said I picked it up pretty quick. And, you know, I'm, like I told you, though, I still feel like I'm learning things now. You know, we're tweaking stuff every day in practice. So that's the beautiful, like I said, it's art. Never complete. It's always evolving and timing, accuracy, and just it, it, that's what the biggest trend I see for young kids is is timing. Just it happens so fast. Coach might say five step drop when really it's your feet may never cross. You know, and you talk, you hear Jaws break down all these quarterbacks, and he's great at it, mm-hmm. and he can still spin it too. Now he'll come and throw it around, and he can still zip it all right, pretty good, <laughs> man. I'm telling you. Good athlete, got a good golf swing still too, and you know he. You see him break these down, and I've been up there at NFL Films before with him and Cosell and all these guys, and they break this stuff down. And fundamentals is big. Like if you have time and you can really just step back and really step into it and zing it, man. Those NFL guys and stuff like that. I mean, you know Tommy Grady, those guys can really zing it, and that's you know that should be second nature though. But that arena football, that was weird. Fall back over the jack before the rounded end zone type balls. Those are the ones that, you know, you just kind of have to, some guys got them, some guys right. don't. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to teach that if you don't just naturally kind of have that. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, some of the best quarterbacks in the world, you know, probably couldn't play arena football. But some of the best arena football players, you know, probably couldn't translate to the outdoor football game. So you come to Philadelphia 2012 when Clint comes here. He, mm-hmm. He's the OC the first year, correct? Was yep. there any hesitation with you coming to Philadelphia? Or were you like when it, it was approached, you're like, I'm in? Yeah, I was definitely like, where are we going? Because, I mean, we would love to have played in Dallas. That was great. That yeah. was awesome. I mean, it was mom and dad, all my buddies are at the games, and, you know, it was right there. I could still work, and, you know, that would have been great. And our team was getting scary good, too. And, uh, you know, it didn't work. Well, they, they, did they fold or they, they just suspended? Folded. I think they tried to suspend and move, mm-hmm. and they got – I don't think the, they came to terms with the league on right. all that, so he he shut it down, and you know that didn't work out. You know I love all those guys; they were they were good to all of us. And then, uh, so yeah, he says, "Hold on, don't do nothing." I still had an agent at the time, and he actually told me uh, 
you know, Mike Hohensee, who was the head coach in Philly, was now in Iowa and tried to recruit me there. Uh, Bogle tried to recruit me to Philly in 11 when he was coaching from Dallas, mm-hmm. and, and I remember that. And they called me in 12, like, hey, we saw Dallas folded. Do you guys want to come up here? And Clint said, I've already talked to him. We're working something out. We'll figure it out. And they said, all right, we're going to go to Philly. And I said, let's do it. And like I told you, we had a good team, had some a core guys, good nucleus, and what, how many, eight, 11? I can't remember the exact number, but there was a bunch of us who came. Mm-hmm. And our 12 team might be one of the best arena football teams ever. They're really good. Yeah, I mean, you guys have been good since you guys have been here. I mean, it's yeah, well, I the mean, only I, thing that's really hurt you guys is injuries. I mean, you've had some years where you've been yeah, hammered been, by them. Yeah, we've been hammered by them. I mean, we got coach, we got fighting chance, man. Yeah. He's going to put us in good spots. And I mean, he just knows this game. He doesn't wear a headset. You notice that? Mm-hmm. That's he, a good point. Yeah. I mean, he just goes out there and wings it. Yeah. He's every situation. We're ready. You know, I mean, I, I can't. You could probably count on your hand how many times we might have been out coached, and maybe and he'll argue right. to his death <laughs> as he could. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. so when you come here in twelve, and I know kind of the nature of the league and all, but did you think this is a There's place? Like Twenty five teams back then. Yeah, whole different world. Yeah. Did you look at it as this is a place I could set up a shingle here for a while, or was are you not really thinking that far ahead? You're just I think like I signed a three year deal. Okay, two or three year deal at the time, which you know says, hey, uh, you know I'm here to let's win, let's right. put let's put something together. But uh, my little sister actually was living here. She went to art school in Georgia, graduated working up at uh, Urban Outfitters okay. over there in the old Naval Yard, uh, what a, anthropology. And uh, she said, we have an arena football team. Have you thought about playing for them? I said, you know what? Actually, they recruit me. She said, come visit. I came up, and you know that's when I'm, you know, I'm, I got to meet Ron. And You can't meet Jaws and not like talking football with right. Ron Jaworski, man. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's a, you know he took me up to NFL Films you know they had to drag my jaw I had dragging my jaw on the floor <laughs> man it, just the wall of Emmys when you walk in there right it's awesome and you know I don't wear my cowboy stuff though I leave that at home when I come up but uh, you know yeah I said this they want to win let's win so we jumped on on board and you know luckily we've been successful enough where they want to keep me around so mm-hmm. got to win again this year to to, to see if they want to do it again so you mentioned how long you could play for a little before you feel comfortable in the indoor game. When did you feel like you kind of hit a point? Not that you're not mm-hmm. ever stopped getting better, but when you hit a point when you were like, all right, I really know what I'm doing mm-hmm. here. I can go two, three checks down the road. And, you know, how long did that take to get to that point? I don't know. I think in 2013 is really when, like, I was, I started feeling good about things. Like, Clinton and I started, you know, I felt confident going over there asking for stuff. There was a run in 2013, I remember, and we had we had some veterans on that team too, at receiver especially. And you know, I'm a younger kid; I ain't play much. I got to tell them what to do, and that that's kind of where I felt like, you know, I could bark at them a little bit. And it was not like I'm barking to get a response; it's I'm barking because this is how it has to be done. I know what I'm doing a little bit. And I remember there's one play in specific. We're playing Cleveland at Cleveland in 13. And Andre Thurman is playing wide receiver, and he's a vet. He played with Clint, so he knew what he was doing too. He lined up wrong formation-wise, and I told him to get his, you know what, out there. 
and I heard a D lineman say, "Oh yeah, that boy quarterback." And I, you know, I mean, I, you don't think of that, but like I was, you know, I knew what we were doing. I knew what we wanted to do. I mean, that's just one little thing, but that's something. You know, I'm just confident mm-hmm. what, what I'm doing. It's the little things sometimes. Yeah, and there was the big a, ones. I think there was a stretch there in 13 where it was probably like 200 passes or something. It was I don't know what it was. It was like 11 games or something. Where there was no, like I don't think a defender touched the ball or was even close to it. We we smoked. We were smoking people. Now I felt good about you know that's when I was like okay. I know what I'm doing. You're not going to do anything to fool me. And I mean, the the speed of this game, the nature of this game, the the, the size of the field, the fast as as everyone is, you know, mistakes are going to happen already. Just it's the nature of it. You know, balls are going to get tipped. Guys are going to be covered. Sometimes astroturf. Man, you ever try to run on astroturf? It's hard to walk on astroturf yeah. sometimes. It just trip. There's an art to this thing, man. I'm telling you. And, and as fast as it is, the weird elements, the the you know, it's a niche sport, right? It's different. You know, there's there's quirky stuff, right? You know. Interceptions, fumbles, bar balls, they're going to happen already, the nature of it. So if you can eliminate that by just knowing what you're doing, then you can start being efficient. That's when you can try those little flip passes, and then you know you start playing the defense like a puppet. Come here, watch the bubble screen, watch the tight end, watch the running back. Oh, Darius Prince over top, long ball. It works sometimes, man. Time for a break. We will have more of our conversation with Philadelphia's sole quarterback, Dan Rattleball, when one-on-one continues right after this. And we're back here on one-on-one, continuing our conversation with Philadelphia Soul quarterback Dan Rattleball. As you've developed as a quarterback, is there a type of receiver that you feel like you work better with? And I don't know, but do you do you find yourself as as guys come through that there's a, a certain type of receiver that you just seem to have a more inherent chemistry with? All right. If you can't tell by now, I'm I'm long winded already. I could <laughs> I could talk all day. And now we're going to talk about wide receivers in a wide receiver league. All right. I've been blessed to play with some of the best. Tiger Jones, man. Tiger Jones was awesome, mm-hmm. and especially being such a young guy, me, quarterback, not knowing what I'm doing, to have a veteran like Tiger who played in the old league with a great quarterback like Chris Doc, uh, Chris Grison, a Clint Dalzell protege. It all goes back to Coach Dalzell. It's really, really it he's really one does. of those guys in this league that it's, the, it's, it's like the, six degrees of Clint Dalzell. Yep, absolutely. Yep. And it's going to grow. Mm-hmm. Watch, give it 10 years. Watch, watch Patrick O'Brien. Draft King is alert. Yep. Watch, I'm telling you, <laughs> he can play. To play with Tiger, first off, Tiger, veteran player. Me, not knowing what I'm doing. Tiger's favorite phrase when I was younger, I'll never forget, is just try it. Just try it. You know, here like there's a play called Rage Right 50 Y Corner. It's supposed to be a five-step drop by the quarterback. The wide receiver in motion is the Y. It's Tiger. Uh, it's an isolation route. It's him in motion. The other two receivers are on the wall. He's got a 17-yard run your best route, but meet in the corner. And the quarterback's supposed to throw it in the back corner. One yard off each wall, so you have time to catch it, brace yourself, and hit the wall, and, you know, not going Mach 5. So that's what it's supposed to look like, but... Coach might call it from the 17-yard line where that's not going to work. <laughs> so Tiger said, just take a shuffle and f- just bloop it back there. I said, that's not going to work. He said, just try it. I go back there, say, huh? shuffle, shuffle, bloop ball, Tiger juke move. I've already thrown it. I'm like, there's no way. He comes flying out of this thing, perfect, over the shoulder, right in the corner. He catches it. You, Tiger's known for dancing if you never if you remember Tiger Jones. He strikes up the band or something, punts the ball. He looks at me. He goes, I told you, just try it. <laughs> so a veteran like Tiger, and Tiger, you know, 
I think his first year with it, he caught 177 balls. So he had no problem being fed. So throw it into coverage. He helped me out a lot, made me a better player. Then we had uh, Marco. Marco was a different guy, man. Very different. Had his own little quirkiness. And he changed the way we run routes now. We tell our receivers to use a bit of an inside angle because that's what Marco did naturally. He couldn't explain it. We couldn't. We didn't figure it out for about a month. But once we did, Marco was dang near unstoppable. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, Marco Thomas was tough too because that year Ryan was recovering from a Achilles surgery. SK was his first year with us, so he was still learning. And then I think Marco went in motion about three out of every four plays. And you have to be tough to play wide receiver in this league, man. For one, you got AstroTurf. For two, you're going into the wall. And we ask you to go into that wall sometimes, you know. Right. Sell out. And then three, we run the short stuff. So when the short passes, there's eight guys involved, really, on defense. You know, the D lineman could tackle you, too. So you got to be tough. So Marco was tough. And then money comes along. And then the Darius whole Reynolds. soul changed. Yeah, Darius Reynolds comes along. Then he goes by money. We call him right. money. So money comes along. And the whole soul culture changed, too. Money didn't just bring, you know, receiver. Money brought something to him. He's, he was special. And that power he plays with and that attitude. But he's also soft-spoken and leads with action. And the men really rallied around him, too. And Like I said, man, he made it easy. Hey, I got it. I said, all right, buddy, you got it. You want it, you got it. Here it comes. <laughs> and I remember our first play in practice, he was playing in the boundary. He was playing Y. He had a standstill streak route, a go route. Right, 50, wing cross, Z bench. On one, ready to break. We broke the huddle, and I said, I'm throwing it to you. He goes, all right. And he takes off and caught a 45-yard touchdown. <laughs> so he made it real. Ever since then, it's been going pretty good. And... uh Watch for Money Reynolds to make a big splash when he comes back. But uh, you know those, you know those have been the head honcho guys. But it's the other guys that really make it work: the Sean Kalina Mokus, the Aaron Washes, the Lonnie Outlaws, the Darius Princes, the Ryan McDaniel's boy. Ryan McDaniel and I had a connection. Too. Yeah, great, good friend of mine. Just talked to me the other day. He's him and his uh, girl are expecting a baby here very soon. Very nice. Shout out to my guy, little baby girl. <laughs> How crazy is that? Cra- crazy <laughs> little firecracker Ryan. That's perfect. I hope he has all girls. You know, and then there were some young guys my younger age too. Matt Fields, DeAndre Rubin, Andre Thurman, Boogie Brackens. You know, just to name a few. I could go forever about the guys that have played receiver for me. But, yeah, you know, as they come in, you know, they all have little little nuances that mm-hmm. that, that we mold and, and, and blend into to what we're doing, you know. We're building... You know, it's it's a it's a steel, it's a metal, it's a it's a, a you know, it's a bridge. You know, we're putting all this together, and as you put all these things in here, you know, different combinations make different different strengths. So, you know, we got different packages too. You know, Lonnie Outlaw used to be predominantly a red zone receiver. Now he's he's finding finding his way as a as a you know a threat in the field, and he's what been around four or five years. Mm-hmm. So you know that it takes forever to learn this game for real. He's just learning it too, and so. I can't say enough. They go into the wall, man. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do that at all. I love you guys. Keep it up, man. I, you know, Coach does a good job protecting them, too. We run an offense that's very receiver-friendly. You know, we don't have a Joe Hills who's going to catch 200 passes for 2,500 yards and 50 touchdowns. We've got three guys that are going to catch 75 for about 1,400 and, right. and, and 20. Now, the game is, like I told you, the game's changing. You know, 45 points, 50 points is a good night. 
so the numbers aren't going to be nearly as gaudy. But, you know, our numbers, our guys, all three of our guys get to eat. So they like to play in our offense. As you really emerge in the AFL as one of the best, if not the best quarterback in the league, does do you get any calls from the NFL along the way saying, hey, do you want to come in, take a look? Or do you hit a point where you're like, I'm yeah, really I, good at this and I want to stick with this? I haven't got a call or, you know, really any interest in years. There was When I was younger, I think there was a little interest. You know, Ron got me a workout after a game. He had, got me a workout with a couple teams. It was a Saturday morning. We had played Spokane the night before, and then the next day we, me and a couple guys had go throw in at the NovaCare. I had mm-hmm. a good workout. But, uh, you know, I think my ship has sailed there. The NFL, not for long. <laughs> You okay with that? Yeah. You know, I've had a blast. The AFL has been really, really good to me. I've met a lot of great people, had a blast. And, you know, hopefully when I'm done playing, hopefully Coach and I can win a couple more. You know, that would be ideal. Mm -hmm. I'd love to go down. I'd love to break all his records, rubbing his face. (laughs) Not really rubbing his face, but (laughs) thank him greatly for all the help in breaking his records. Hopefully when that's all done, you know, I'd love to, to help out, you know, coach it. You know, GM, you know, I'd love to be commissioner of the whole thing. I love this game. Yeah. I love it. And what's what's great about you, I, for one of the things I've noticed is I've really covered the league the last five, six, seven years. There's a a group of four or five quarterbacks yeah, that have us, done. Us, yeah. But you've been the guy in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. These other guys, they all play and they get there. But because a little bit of the nature of the league and how things have mm-hmm. played out, they've bounced around. Mm-hmm. You've been an institution in Philadelphia. How much pride do you take in that? Man, we play for Philly. We like playing for Philly. You know, Mets and I Mets and I are good buddies. And you know Mets. Mm-hmm. Philly. He loves it. And we were sitting around and we were talking about it because, you know, you the offseason just got done, you know. You talk to some other guys. You hear some stuff, you know. And Mets and I were sitting around talking. We were talking about it. And Mets goes, man, we play for Philly. And that's how I feel, man. I play for Philly. You know, I don't want to play for anyone else. I want to play here. And, uh, you know, you don't want to look down the road or whatever. You know, who knows? Philly's never around or whatever. You know, whatever happens, happens. But I'd love to to be in one spot. You know, I think Coach would have loved to have have been in one spot his whole time too. But, you know, he played on teams that folded or bounced around. You never know with trades or whatever too, you know. Hopefully I can stay on his good side. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, you know, I do take pride in that. And, you know, other teams take notice, too, when they see Philly on the schedule. They know who's coming to town. Right. They know what— Now, there's what, a brand to yeah, Philadelphia sure. like there is with no other team, I think, in arena football. Yeah, and, I mean, you talk about it. You know, the other guy that immediately comes to mind is Nick Davila. So unfortunate what happened to him after leaving his team mm-hmm. in Arizona for a long time to go play for Washington after his team was no longer in the AFL and he didn't want to play in the other league. You know, he comes back to the AFL and unfortunately has a terrible injury in Philly against us as we're beating them. You know, it shows you the fight and the guy Mm -hmm. not giving up on a fourth down play, which they converted. So, you know, he played in Arizona all those years. I can think all those games we had against those guys. And you think Philly, Arizona, you know, you'd love to see teams like San Jose stick around. You know, I think Eric would have loved to have played there for a long time. I think Tommy would have loved to have stuck in Utah forever. Right. I think they had a good thing going. That one year he threw 140-something touchdowns. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> that record will never be touched unless they go back to 18 games and the timing rule. Right. That record, put it in the sports books. That's the most. I mean, I don't know how many people could tell you the record for most touchdowns right. in a football season, <laughs> but I don't think anyone's going to touch that one. But, I mean, Tommy, you know, he's another guy. Randy, I think Randy would have loved to have stayed in Tampa or Orlando. Right. 
but uh, you know, there's another guy too. I think if there were more teams, I think guys like Shane Austin would still be playing there. But you know, the league needs some new blood at that position too. And you look at it, teams that have struggled, you know, in the past. You know, I don't want to say, you know, Columbus right now is 0-4 with a rookie quarterback who doesn't know what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Granted, he's making some electric plays. He's making rookie mistakes, too. Yeah. And, you know, in this game, you have to be efficient on offense, especially with the lack of possessions with the new rules. You've really got, you've got to score, man. Yeah. You know, like I said, you know, one stop might happen just off the nature of the thing. Tip ball, you know, a stop, you know. You should, shouldn't get stopped on downs. For real, it shouldn't. But... You know, something happens, okay, one or one time, maybe two, but like three or four or five, those that starts happening, like, ah, then you're going to get beat handedly. And I mean, especially against a team like Albany. But uh, the league needs some new lifeblood, and you know, I've been fortunate to, to keep my butt here in Philly. And, you know, it's not just me, too. You know, every year we bring back good players. Yeah, no, absolutely. You and, guys have yeah. – you, know, you bring a core of six, eight, ten guys from year to year that, like I said, you guys have a brand that I think yeah. – doesn't exist anywhere else in the league like it does in Philadelphia. Yeah, man. And like you said, man, you take pride playing for Philly. You like it. You know, when you come over that bridge or or you roll up to that Wells Fargo and get off that bus and you play us, yeah, you see that soul blue. And it's not super intimidating, but, you know, <laughs> if you know anything about arena football, you know what it means. Yeah. And, you know, you better strap up, bring a lunch pail, because our defense is going to be in your hip pocket all night, and then our offense, you better keep up for the most part, so... I love it. You know, I don't want to play anywhere else. You know, I'm a, Coach Tazel's got a good thing going. Ron Jaworski, all of our owners, Cosmo, Stu, all these guys, they're all great. So, so two-time Arena Bowl champ, back-to-back. What is the different feeling hoist, hoisting the trophy? The first time when you get to the top of the mountaintop, but then there's got to be a special satisfaction coming back and doing it a second straight year. How do you compare and contrast it? Or I don't even know contrast, but how do those two feelings compare? There's, I mean, there's, there ain't nothing like the first time, you know? And that one was real special because it was in their house against them. And if we we beat them pretty good. You know, we were running the clock out at the end with the old arena rules where it was, it was hard to run the clock out. Right. we got to get forward progress, you know? So, I mean, when that's happening and you're shoving it down their throat and stuff, and I mean, they'd had our number. We, that was Arizona, right? The Rat- yeah, Rattlers. They'd beat us in what five or six straight mm-hmm. games, two championships before beat beat our beat the brakes off us in two championships, like bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, to go down there and win that one in their place, when I think in their two playoff games before they scored eighty something points in both games, so they're you know they're like fifteen point favorites. <laughs> Clint and I, we that sixteen team was really good. And we, Clint and I, we liked what we had. We felt good about it. We went into Clint and I were confident. I felt good. I had a good mm-hmm. game. You know, he called a good game. We, I liked what, you know, when we both go in feeling good about stuff, you know, good things normally happen. Right. And we felt good about it. I knew Ryan felt, Ryan was coming back from a little banged up. Money was really rolling. And then if there's anybody running with ice water around in his veins, it's the little Hawaiian. That dude's tough, man. <laughs> and the moment's never too big for his, you know, he's not a big guy, but he comes up big when we need him. And that 16 game, man, that was awesome to beat them handedly and then hold that trophy up. And my now fiance was there. It was a really good time. And yeah, then the, the to defend it, that's what it is. It's, it's that we got it. You want it. Come get it. You can't have it. Right. That's that our seventeen team, you know, we almost went undefeated. Only had one slip up in Baltimore and we were throwing at the end zone as time expired. Like 
Ooh, I think they snuck out of there with one, you know? <laughs> so a 17 team was willing to, to meet power with power, you know? And that, that 16 team, I think, had some lightning in a bottle, and we used it. You know, we were really opportunistic. We played well off turnovers and stuff like that. But our 17 team, you know, we, we came in there with our foot on the pedal. And, you know, uncharacteristic there, that, that championship game, playing from behind, that 17-year, I think we beat everybody pretty bad. So mm-hmm. that, that playing from behind was a, a tough win, and I got hurt. So that was its own little kind of, uh, that was a that felt like a Philly win. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? wasn't real high scoring. It was kind of battle of punches, big blows back and forth. You know, we got a late touchdown to take the lead, but then they had a kickoff return touchdown or something like that. So, oh, 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 that type of stuff. So after that one, you, you know, you kind of took a big breath like, oh, gosh, yeah. And then we had a letdown last year. So that punch in the teeth kind of wakes you back up. And, you know, we lost this game, this last game. Oh, man, shouldn't have lost that one. You ask all 24 of our guys, they'll tell you the same thing. and So we're using it, you know. Got to bring the energy this week in Baltimore, but uh, there was nothing like that first one. That first championship probably holds a little more weight. If we're going to wear two, you know, if I had to only choose one of the rings to wear around, I'm going to wear the first one. The second one's got a little more bling, but I'm going to wear the first one. What is your favorite part of being the quarterback for an Arena League team? Is it coming out of the locker room to the start of the game is it that first huddle is it that last huddle at the end of the game if you had the what part of the experience is just the most intense and then the most it's 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 when you you know i like the whole the whole process is really fun you know i like practicing you know some guys don't like practicing i like to practice that's where you get better that's where you work on your new plays that's where you work on your accuracy or those off-balance throws and stuff like that you know that's where you you tweak it and, and you get better at arena football the game should be easy the game should be reading and reacting. You know, if you're forcing things in the game, you know, that's when Coach and I are arguing back and forth. He's forcing calls. He wants it to happen. When he's in the mood, man, he's, you know, I'm going back to the huddle with 20 seconds on the play clock. He was ready. He had one ready, stuff like that. And so there's something about arena football that, that is it's just, I love arena football. And uh, the, 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 there's nothing like it being in the huddle. Right before you go down, on, on and it's hard to explain it, right? You're supposed to have the ball last. You're supposed to be losing and have the epic moment at the end of arena football game every time. Mm-hmm. That's what arena football is. It's supposed to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And when coach is really flowing, ah, 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 touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And then that last drive when it's like, okay, I know we're going to score. But it goes back to practice when you rep that play over and over. And our DBs broke it up. They broke it up. They broke it up. They broke it up. But then we got it in there that one time. You remember what it felt like. And then coach calls that play on fourth down in the fourth quarter with four seconds left to win it. And the guy's eyes, you know, the linemen know what's coming. The running back knows what's coming. The receiver in motion knows what's coming. And then it happens. That's, that's, that, that, that's the best feeling. And uh, I don't know. It's hard. The best arena football is old. Is it, I can't argue any of it. I love it all. I wouldn't trade. I like being a quarterback in arena football, man. <laughs> I don't want to go back to work or anything like that. I want to play arena football quarterback, but... That fourth quarter huddle, man, that's probably the best one. And when you see their face after they score, too, when you see the lineman cock his arms back in the air and let out one of those big Goliath screams, that's a good feeling. <laughs> you and we talk so much if about If I get fired up in this, I'm sorry. That's Can all you right. tell a it's, little bit? It, like, I, I lost it. my train of thought. I was like, man, <laughs> I can't figure my b- favorite part of arena football. We've talked so much about the relationship with you and Clinton. You guys have spent so much time together. Out of... A hundred plays 
during the course of of a game, a couple games, how often do you already have an idea what he's going to tell you to do or what you're going to go with? Would it be like 95 out of 100? Are you guys that close? Or is it... Uh, does he, does he mean, surprise you sometimes with some of the things he... No, we, I'm not getting surprised by anything we're running. Uh, <laughs> we've changed so many things, too, over the years that he'll stumble over calls now. Like, the motions are all different. You know, right, Y bag, Z, inside. you know, we'll, he'll mix that up, and then i got to rearrange that as I go in. But, like, I'll ask for things. Hey, run choice, double post, cross, bench, broom. You know, I'll ask for things. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, a lot of the times, if I'm asking for it, he's not going to fight it. You know, if you're calling a good game, or sometimes I'll go over there, hey, well, how about this? He'll say, would you shut up? <laughs> Fired up. You know, let me think. And when he's really feeling it too, man, he's got one ready. He's got his his little sheet up to his face, calling it out as I'm coming at him. Double post, tell him to run it ten yards deeper, and boom, touchdown! Like, whoa, <laughs> how did you know that? So I don't know. I mean, if we were to sit there, like when we break down film, a lot of times mm-hmm. that's when you know you're on the same page when you're breaking film down and you say, "Ooh, I like this," or "Ooh, I like this," or "Ooh, what if we did this?" And he's like, "Yep, yep, yep, yep." And I can tell we got some young guys in and out the rotation these days, you know, so we're doing a lot more film with these guys. He'll call me or I'll call him and, oh, I like that. Oh, I like that. And he'll send me, he's not the most tech savvy guy. He'll send me a picture of his whiteboard on his phone. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I like it. I like it. It's funny, but he's, once he gets in football mode, man, he gets it going. But I mean, we think, you know, we, our stuff's not too fancy. Mm-hmm. We only run so many plays. So a lot of times I know what's coming, but if I were to say a number, yeah, probably you know seven out of ten, six, six or seven out of ten. We game plan some stuff like against Washington. There was a couple of times he'll just start the play, and I'm on my way back to the huddle. Like, yep, that's what I wanted. You're, uh, yep, cool, bye. <laughs> so, and normally when that's working, it's good stuff. You know, it's those one, two, three, four play drives where it's boom, 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 rhythm, 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 rhythm. So. We got to figure out some stuff in the red zone right now. I can tell he's 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 working over some stuff right now. It should be working. It's not as easy as it should be. He thinks so. It's all second nature to him. Like I told you, he thinks he could still play. He said, "I don't need a helmet when I played. <laughs> I didn't hold it." <laughs> I remember one time I got hit. My helmet flew off. It caught my nose. My nose is bleeding. I goes, "My nose bleeding?" He goes, "Yeah." Trips left fifty double post. <laughs> I was like, "Jeez, all right." <laughs> I love it, man. Do you think? I've I've been surprised that arena football hasn't taken a, a bigger step forward as far as crowds, fans. Now I feel like on the right path now, and it's it's yeah, slowly Philly does well. Yeah, Philly does. Where would where do you think would be some places where the the league could could help itself as far as getting yeah. to a wider audience? All right, I've seen a lot of arena football now over the years. You know, we've been to some cool places. You know, in arena football, it is niche. You know, it's got to be in the right spot. The right type of people come to it. You know, you got to come. And Philly's got an arena football bunch. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of a nitty-gritty bunch. And, you know, Philly's a good spot. You know, Dallas was okay. I thought Arizona was really good. You know, if they could get if they could get some of the stalwarts to come back, you know, the Florida teams. You could get Orlando. Orlando was really strong. Jacksonville, Tampa Bay, stuff like that. You know, I think I think they're right to keep it all kind of regional a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're saving money cost-wise, not flying. It's got to cost a lot of money to fly 30, 35 people and a bunch of gear every, across the country, right? right? I mean, I would imagine 
Tons of money. Yeah. I'm not the, I'm not the budget guy. <laughs> but I imagine that would cost a lot of money. And I don't think it costs nearly as much to drive to Baltimore 90 minutes away. Right. So, you know, I think they're doing right with that. You know, it's only six teams. It's a great game. And I remember the motto in Dallas, which you got to see it live. It's a good motto, right? You mm-hmm. come to Arena Football Games. No, absolutely. It's a, it's yeah. a blast. It is. It's a blast. Uh, I can't wait to go to Columbus. I can't wait. They used to do really well. I hope it's rocking. Cleveland was rocking. I don't see why Columbus wouldn't be. Albany's jamming. Got the right ownership and group there, right? Um, Atlantic City looks to be doing okay. That's a really cool arena. That's a really cool arena. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what you need, man. I remember we played a few over at the PPL up in, uh, what's that, Lehigh Valley? Yeah, in Allentown, yeah. Man, that place is cool. It's a great arena, football arena. That's what they should be, about 10,000 big, you know, so if you do get five or six or 7,000 in there, it's jamming. Right. That's what it should be, because arena football is supposed to be loud. And, you know, when we go play in Baltimore, it's going to be quiet. It's going to be quiet. Yeah. So it's different, but, I mean, so you want to keep it kind of regional, you know, Chicago, Nashville. Those are good old arena football towns. Mm-hmm. Chicago, the last few years, no one came to those games, though. So I don't know. You know, you got to put a good product on the field. I hope Columbus can win some games. I, sh- I wish I would have beat Albany. I mean, great, right? Yeah. Big dog comes into town. You get a big win. Free beer next week or something. <laughs> you know, why not? I know. Th- okay, so there's a team in the NAL, which is one of the other, mm-hmm. the lower leagues. They did like a 30 or $40 all-you-can-drink beer special for a half. There's so, how many colleges are in the Philly area? Do college night, five dollar tickets, whatever. Load it up, man. Because once they get in there, boom, they start betting on the DraftKings. How cool is that? Yeah. Now we can't do it. We're not allowed to do it. I'm not a big sports better anyways. Because that's my money. I don't make enough. Right. You can't have it. I'm not gambling. <laughs> I don't make enough to gamble. But that's cool. That's a great exposure for the league. No, and, and that is something I think that can transcend to different audiences. Yeah, and I think this can really help. So I think you look at some of these markets, look where gambling's high. I'm sure L.A., Chicago, Vegas, shoot, put two teams in those places. The DraftKings versus the, what's the other one? I don't know. Uh, DraftKings is the only one I know yeah, that, I know. that sponsors the league, so yeah. I'm not even going to say another <laughs> one. But, you know, have, you know, get all these guys involved, whatever, have a battle. But, uh you know, it's you got to get fans in the stands. ESPN has done a good job. They picked up the uh, streaming, mm-hmm. whatever, which is good, man. That's great. I love that. That's easy access to it. Now, I don't know. You got to, you know, you got to pay for ESPN through cable or whatever, but it's the home of sports, right? Mm-hmm. It's the mecca. It's the mothership. So anytime you work with those guys is a great thing. So I mean, I hope they can get it in the right spots. That's what it is. I think the the the, the right guys are in place. Mm-hmm. Mr. Bo. Jaworski, John Adams, Stu, all those guys are, are helping with expansion, and they're doing right. So, Godspeed, man, do right. Dan Rattleball, Philadelphia Soul quarterback, thanks for coming in. Yeah, hey, man, sorry for talking so much. <laughs> That's what we're here for. Good, I had a blast. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and that will do it for this week's show. One-on-one is a sports podcast from KYW News Radio. If you like this show and want to help us out, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. And you can help more people find out about the podcast by finding the show on iTunes and leaving a rating and a review. You can follow the show on Twitter at one on one pod. You can also follow me on Twitter at Matt Leon 1060. Thanks again to Philadelphia Soul quarterback Dan Radaball for joining us in the studio. My name is Matt Leon. Come back next week for another good conversation with someone you should know more about.